Hello, friends. Welcome to That's Pretty Woo. Conversations about life, beauty, and magic. Because talking it out makes us all more connected. We're your hosts, Jordan Medina and Kayleen Seuss, two friends navigating the balance between making time for our work and passions while trying to be present in everyday life as mothers, partners, and citizens of the universe. Okay, let's chat. Okay, Kayleen, why do we want to do an episode on reading fiction? The reason why we decided on it to begin with is because we're both a little burnt out on personal development, self-help, <laughs> and educational books, I think. It had come up a few times that I was like, I think we just need a break from like all of this studying and all this hard work reading. Mm-hmm. And you had said that you hadn't read a fiction book in a while. And I was like, well, let's just get back into reading some fiction. So I think that was like the original motivation. And then in thinking about it more – the more I think about fiction, the more it's so woo. I agree. Okay. That's what I've thought too. I've really, <laughs> especially when we got we get into topics like coming up, which are going to be like, what are your favorite genres? And for me, so many of them are, you know, like they are woo topics. Like I like mythology and I like a little bit yeah. of fantasy and I like um, fairy tales and I like, you know, all these different things. And then just the idea of like developing a character outside of yourself, which of course many writers write from what they know and their own experience and, and how could you not, yeah. but like the way you're able to like create, it's a create pure creation. It's yes. an imaginary world. Like these yeah. are worlds outside of our own, which we have access to within our world. It's really crazy. Yeah. 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 It's so, I'm super excited. And I think that like for anybody who doesn't feel like they're that woo, but then if you start to think about if you do read fiction and what kind of fiction books you're, yes. you're into, like I think you might realize that you're a lot more woo or into woo things than you realize just through the books that you read. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, so many of these books are now movies and other things. And there's other, yeah. there's other forms of fiction. Like, cause I thought a lot about in doing this episode, I mean, eventually we might do a TV or a movie episode. I mean, you know, some talking about that. I'm sure we'll talk about So that. keeping those separate, but I mean, the idea of like just there being the stories that we all engage in that are outside of our own and we create these worlds to engage in that are outside of our own, like that, that's all works of fiction too. Yeah. But the thing that's different about like reading a book and watching a book or a movie story is that you're creating it you, like someone wrote these words and right. now you're creating it in, in your, your brain. That's so freaking cool. The other day I was like, I don't know, for some reason at bedtime, Owen des- decided that he wanted to read in his bed and he wanted me to read in my in my rocking chair. And so I like got my book. I sat down in the rocking chair and like he's over in his bed reading. And then I'm like, I'm reading. I'm sitting there quietly reading. And he looks at me and he goes, Mama, I can't hear you. Because he doesn't know that you can read in your head. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm reading. He's like, I can't hear you say your words. <laughs> I was like, whoa. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> re- reading is like really magical to me. It like, is it really is, magical. Um, such a gift. Like literacy is such a gift. Being able to read is amazing. And it's, um, it's something that we do so transactionally in a lot of circumstances. If you aren't setting aside the time to like, to read for enjoyment, which I would argue that maybe like that's probably where maybe some of our like issue and angst with reading is coming from is that like we've been reading for like study and for like self-improvement and not even. Yeah. It depends on the book. I do enjoy some of it, but I I think it's just a matter of like, you know, there's something to be gleaned from fiction. Like you, when you read a fiction book, 
and you you're developing with the character and you're going through what they're going through and you're sharing some emotions and you share it's a shared understanding if you mm-hmm. like this you know if mm-hmm. you're if you're liking what you're reading there's some level of shared understanding there it also shifts your brain and opens your brain and does something totally different to develop your brain than self development does yeah, it's time travel yeah it's like space travel like you can go anywhere in a book and yeah. Um, yeah, personal development, all that is it's can also take you to new places in your experience. But I also think maybe you and I have been doing it to a bit of an extreme and maybe like with less joy in it, whereas reading fiction for me feels like an escape. Yes. And feels like, and I think that's partially why, you know, in this, I've expressed a lot my interest in Audible mm-hmm. and that, you know, I prefer to read fiction, which I really do because I like to have oh, my I was own voice ask you about in my that. head. Okay. Every once in a while, like I did, last year I did the Crazy Rich Asians. Oh, you listened to that I one. listened to it. Okay. And I thought, you know, I thought I had fun listening to it. And then um, I have a client, she listened to those as well. And she was like, oh, the reader for the second and third book is an even better reader than the first one. I was like, cool. okay, because I've only listened to the first one, which I liked it. And I would get in the car and I would walk around the house with it. And it was nice because... I could multitask. Whereas like when you're typically reading, you're just doing that one thing. It's a mm-hmm. monotask, which I'm not great at monotasking. Although people argue there's no such thing as multitasking. I just don't know. <laughs> I just don't know how where I stand on that. Well, we have talked about it. You agree <laughs> that you can only do one thing at a time. So, so I sort of agree. I think that my brain can like my sister, Julie, like literally was study, would study for the bar exam and watch a TV show. And she would have like her laptop open. I will never forget. And like mad men going on. And I was like, I was like, okay, Julie, like even I, I do this kind of stuff too, but I was like, okay, let's see here. What did you just watch? And she would tell me what she watched. And then I'd say, okay, now what did you just read? And she would tell me what she read. And so I think maybe for a few people, they are able to compartmentalize sections of their brain to actually do two things at once. And I have that to some capacity. Like I'm able to focus on the one thing I'm doing while having a stream of like input. So when it's when it's somebody reading to me or a storytelling or a radio thing, I do internalize and understand some of that while still being able to have my own thoughts and do stuff. So I think that's why I like having Audible, but like what I've now learned that I just have to be very careful about what Audible fiction, I've had to return a couple. Like Mm. I really wanted to read Interview with a Vampire, the Anne Rice books, because I've heard they're so amazing and I love, like that's actually, I should have mentioned that in the fall episode. That is a fall movie for me. I love Interview with a Vampire. Mm, And um, it's so sexy. It's on Netflix too right now. Um, But love that movie. It's so goofy and crazy and sexy and all the things. But um those books though. Those books. I really wanted to read them. Well, yeah. okay, the the vampire is supposed to be from New Orleans. Now I'm from South Mississippi, pretty close to New Orleans. I lived in New Orleans before, you know, and or he's supposed to be like from Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll just say this. Whoever was reading this book they must not have read what they were reading because the book is narrated by the vampire, right? And the vampire in this audible version was like from Transylvania. So he's like, let me tell you a story. I'm not going to listen to 12 hours or 14 hours or whatever that ridiculously long book is of Transylvania vampire from Louisiana. I just couldn't do it. Yeah. Well, you can preview. (laughs) So now I know that and that's made a difference and I've gotten recommendations. So like I'm rereading Harry Potter on Audible, which I've read them before, but I'm like, they're so magical. And somebody had also told me like a really magical thing to do is 
to like slow it down, like put it on the slower and then like fall asleep to it, which I love. I love falling asleep to like books. So I'm like, okay, that's a good idea. Huh. Interesting. Anyway, so that's where I'm at now is I am listening to Harry Potter on fiction. Okay. Uh, I mean, on Audible and that's fiction. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's just dive into our full list of topics and see where it takes us. But to begin with, let's talk about our favorite fiction genres. So I went over mine a little bit, which were like, I love mythology, Greek mythology specifically. I love, um, like, do you read Greek mythology now? Or is that something that growing up you liked? So a little bit about why I think that fiction can be not just written is because my dad is a huge storyteller. And if you, um, if anybody out in the world has ever been a student of my father's, like you'll remember and you'll remember his stories because he would even come to school, my school once a year, and he would tell stories to the classroom and people would always remember. And he has this really great cadence to his stories. And a lot of times they're stories from history. A lot of times they're Greek mythology. So I grew up like you know, there's like a story called Wicked John that I love that you can probably find in a fiction children's book, or there's a story um, of Greek mythology stories like Orpheus and Eurydice. But I, like by the time I was in high school, I would go to the library and I would get different versions of the Greek mythology to read. So like there's like Tanglewood Tales and some that are like pretty obvious that people read or had to read for school. But I would go get other ones and hear the story like written by this author, reincarnated. You know, I have never read the Iliad or the Odyssey, which is like, I've read portions of it, but I've never read the whole thing. You never had to read them No, they're my dad's favorite books. He read them like when he was a child, like truly loves them. Mm -hmm. Um, I had to read portions of them. We never had to read like the whole thing. Um, And so for fun, I would still go to the library. Like I've considered now going to the library and just refreshing some of the mythology stories because I think there's things to learn from. They're told much like fables, which I love Aesop's fables as well. And so there's always like some sort of a parable or a learned thing. And, and, and I like the time period and I like like the way they, the, you know, such descriptions of like the beauty and like foods. And I don't know, there's something about like the Greek tragedy and the Greek, I don't know that I just love all of those stories. I'm so familiar like with those, like you learn about the gods and the goddesses and each of them mm-hmm. have these different like sort of very woo vibe, like, yeah. you know, that they represent. Mm-hmm. I love that. So Greek mythology um, although again, I'm not reading so much fiction now, but if I w- I've considered going and getting one of those. I love fables. I love fairy tales, fantasy, dystopian. I love the classics. I've read most of them. And then teen fiction. I have a huge, like love teen fiction still. I have like a huge thing for coming of age stories. Mm-hmm. Love it. Mm-hmm. And um, female viewpoint is typically my preference. So give us yours. Hmm. Okay. Well, I I have like a few books from each one that I'll kind of mention also, but I I really like post-apocalyptic and dystopian, which I actually had to Google like, what is the difference? And like what, I mean, I'm still not like 100% clear on like, what is the difference between either? Do you have like a I'll, good- I'll tell you this. Somebody was asking me about a, about um, how I would describe Handmaid's Tale, which I've read the book. I don't watch the show. That's dystopian. That's dystopian. Yeah. The difference is that there, it's not a post apocalypse. Like there's no apocalypse that's happened. So, I guess, but you could kind of make an argument. Although it, it kind of does seem like that in that in yeah. that regard. But that's the thing is there's some similarities, but the dystopian, sometimes they're both. Yeah, and dystopian I think has like a political lesson that they're trying to t- the authors typically trying to teach you. Right. That's like one of the things I learned. But generally speaking, like I feel like they kind of play into each other, which is the thing I like about those books is that it's giving you a viewpoint of like humans, us existing and like some of our normal problems right. but in this like different scenario. It's a commentary is, yes. in a way that makes your brain kind of go, huh, mm-hmm. like 
Oh. It's not that different from us. Yes. It, but it's like it seems so far out and crazy always. Yeah. And then by the time you're done with the book, you're like totally immersed and you're like, I feel this. Mm-hmm. So I totally get that. Yeah. I so read, what I read, are yours? Well, yeah. like I read Station Eleven recently. Love that one. Yeah. We read that in our really book club. That's a good book. Oh, that's yeah. so funny because I was talking about this episode and my sister-in-law was like, oh, I bet Kayleen would like Station Eleven. And you've already read it. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of my favorites um, recently. Another kind of like genre I like is a popular book. So I really like to, when books are popular, read them with the people. Like just it's good to, to like, do because there'll be movies. There'll be movies. And also like, there's just like, it's in the conversation. And like when it, when it's on everybody's nightstand, it's just kind of cool to like experience it with people. So like when the Hunger Games were really oh, popular, yeah. I actually listened to one of those on audiobook. Oh, okay. And that was like a really good one to listen to. And then when Twilight was really popular, oh, yeah. I got super into those. Oh those my are God. Good fall. So I guess vampires are good fall vibes. We should have like, yeah, yeah. like those Twilight would be really good to read or watch in the fall. And then when The Help was really popular, I loved reading yeah. that. Where the Crawdad Sings is probably the most recent popular. I have book it, but I haven't read, read it yet. Mm-hmm. And then City of Girls, I'm reading right now, and that's like very popular at the moment because it's a new release. And I so I've read all but the last two, but I'm dying to read. I've never read any Liz Gilbert fiction. Oh, she's one of my favorite authors. So her other one that I really like is um, The Signature of All Things, mm-hmm. which is wasn't critically acclaimed. I've heard of it though. It's a little. It's a little out there, but the her the way she writes just like lights me up. It just like I don't know if this is like a signature of like a good author or what, but like I know it's her writing. Do you know what I mean? Like I feel like she's like telling me the story, even though it's not from Liz Gilbert's story. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just I would highly recommend that. And I bet they make it into a movie. I wouldn't be surprised about that at all. And then I really enjoy historical fiction. Yeah. Um, I read All the Light We Cannot See. Mm-hmm, I read that too. And that's I read that good. when I was in Europe. And yeah. it was just, That's oh a great goodness. book. That's a, that's a World War II book. Because I know some people are specific to that genre love it. Like there's mm-hmm. definitely a huge group of people in this world who love World War II fiction. That's a great one if you, if you have not read it, which you might have. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. And then I also really like easy books, easy fiction. So something that isn't hard to read, something that just flows really well. And I read The Rosie Project and then The Rosie Effect, which are two, Mm. they're like back to back and you can just like kind of like flow right through them. It's a guy, it's like a quirky little guy who's like on this like mission to fall in love. And so anytime a book is like really easy to pick up and read and I can crush it in like a weekend, even though I don't really read over a weekend anymore. Like I really like that when it's a fast, easy read. Um, I also really like books that have like multiple viewpoints when you flip a chapter and it's like a different narrator. Mm -hmm. I really like that. I don't know. I think for viewpoints, I've read a lot of books like that. And that's probably my, maybe my second choice as per, like, I really love, I've, discovered in doing this, you know, this is really like an interesting episode to prepare for (laughs) because it made me think so much about like the fiction I love and what I, you know, if there's like a way to categorize it and if there's a way to, you know, what are the common threads here that I, that I enjoy. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's funny because most of the books like on my list started off with other people reading them to me. So like in second grade, Um, I was, I had somebody read, um, Big House, Little Big House in the Woods, which I think is the first book. Gosh, is that right? It's the first book in the Little House on the Prairie series by Laura Ingalls Wilder, which like is my child's namesake. So obviously I love these books. And I 
I just was so like, it appealed to me so much, this idea of like, you know, these people like putting everything together with their hands. And it's like, this is the ultimate like zero waste book, truly, because I actually read a zero waste book that referenced the Laura Ingalls Wilder books. And it had me kind of rereading them last year. And it's so funny because like, I remember my teacher reading that to me in second grade, but there's, there's probably like eight of them. And I was so into them. I would stay up all, it was my first experience of like, I couldn't put it down, having a book light and staying up in my bed all night, like reading till four in the morning, because I had to know what happened to her and her family. And these are, those were like true stories as well. So it was like Mm. really fascinating, amazing books and just great to like make you really appreciate what you have (laughs) because they didn't have that much, you know, they were like Mm -hmm. building these log houses to live in and people are going blind because it's like, you know, they're out in the prairie, like doing Mm -hmm. their thing. Mm -hmm. And so those are great. My, like, it's a toss up for my favorite book of all time. I want to say my favorite book of all time is The Giver. I, which I was read to at summer camp. We had a counselor in my cabin who read to us The Giver. And I just remember like, I was probably like 12 at the time. And I remember that one really hitting home for like you know, that's a dystopian book if you're Mm -hmm. unfamiliar, but that one really hit home with, you know, they're kind of coming of age and they're like learning about puberty, basically going through puberty, but in this like real weird dystopian society where things are super restrictive. And I just remember feeling those, I went to like a very like Christian private school at the time that was like pretty restrictive in terms of like what we were allowed to do, talk about, say, things. You weren't allowed to see color. (laughs) And I wasn't allowed to see color. And so uh, that book for me, I just felt like I felt that book on a different level. And then I love Anne of Green Gables and Little Women are probably like in the same vein and tied together. Uh, Anne of Green Gables was read to me in the fourth grade and then Little Women I read myself. But I just, those, I read all of those series. So Anna Green Gables has a huge series. And then Ellen Montgomery, she also did this huge series afterwards. So I've read all those too. And I was like a bookworm when I was little. Like I always had a book and was read all the ones in, in all sorts of different series. I would read all these like weird little women spinoffs that weren't even written by the author that were like fake versions of little women. Cause I was so curious about each of the characters. I fan needed fiction? more. They were like, fa- no, they were like published, but they were essentially fan fiction. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. Like those are kind of like my, my all time favorites. And each of those like mean such a different thing to me. You've mentioned in the past that you've never read Anne of Green Gables or Little Women, which (laughs) I find shocking. And I'm like, Oh my God, you have to, I don't know which one to tell you to read. I'm like, probably Little Women. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. (laughs) So hard. Well, I wasn't prepared to say what my favorite books of all time were. I don't really think that I would be willing to like put my finger on it, but the Giver, I guess if I had to say like what books I've given to other people as yes. gifts, um, The Giver is definitely one of my favorite books. And I've probably read it like once every 10 years. Like yeah, I revisit it, it often and I've given it to gifts, like to adults as a gift because I just think it's like, That's funny. such an amazing book. I've given that one too. I gave that to my my high school boyfriend when he went off to college. I can't really remember the context or why. I was like, this mm-hmm. is the one for you, but I did give him that. Well, oh, you know, who I didn't write on here who I also love Haruki Murakami. Have you ever read any of his yes. book? And he's phenomenal. And But I think I read a, a autobiographical. I read what I talk about when I talk about running. Oh, I haven't, I haven't read that one. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. He is a beautiful writer. Books, oh my yeah. gosh. Norwegian Wood is phenomenal. And, um, What's the other one with the cat? I'll, we'll put it in the show notes because I can't think of it now, but those are great books. He, okay. he has such a way of writing that is like, yeah. it gives me the chills. Like it's so good. His book about running, I'm pretty sure it's autobiographical. It's talking about, it It 
talks about writing and running. And I was like on a big running book kick um, after I read that barefoot running book. I don't remember, but I know what you're talking about. Because I've probably told you about that book. I became I feel like, like I remember you. I, I remember you in this phase. I can like well, yeah, see you in this Yeah, phase. when you were working in your downtown salon, yeah, I was living downtown okay. <laughs> and I was running a ton. And so I was, I read a ton of books about running, but they were like narrative, like fiction books or some nonfiction, I guess. Um, yeah. So the other book, which I don't know, have you read The Way of the Peaceful Warrior by Dan Milliman? No. Okay. That is the wooest book. It is so really? good. Yeah, it's it is a um, it's a story about a college um, gymnast who gets in a motorcycle accident. They made a movie actually, um, and he has this like mysterious like wise man come visit him and he's not necessarily real. He's the peaceful warrior and he teaches him the way of the peaceful warrior and it's like. It's such a good book. I'm pretty sure my dad gave it to me first, but it's a book that I've given to boyfriends and like a book that I've given. I'm pretty sure I made Adam read it when we first started dating. Mm. It like, it's one of those books that I feel like explains me, you know, in yeah. a way. And it um, sounds sort of like how people feel about The Alchemist. Like that's Nathan's favorite I've never book. read that book. And I've never read it either. Okay. And I own it. I own two copies of it. I don't even know why. Mm. Um, it's such a thing about like to read it. And I kind of know the story a little bit. So yeah. I, it's like, I think sometimes when I know that it makes me less inclined, but sure. um that's Nathan's favorite. And it's also like a parable for life. Like it right. has some deeper meaning to I mean, all these stories do not right. one of them doesn't, but I yeah. think in like a real tangible way. Yeah. Yeah. So those are probably my two, two favorites. Do you have like authors that you follow that if they put out a book, you're definitely going to read it? I, well, I mean, I, again, I was into those series when I was little. Mm -hmm. I also, um, let me think like I loved, so teen fiction, let me go to that for a second. I, there's a book I love. They're, they're probably my favorite series of all time is like this, they're, they sound cheesy. And like my friend Catherine and I, we were in high school, we would go to the bookstore together like once a week and each of us would get a different book and then we'd swap off and we would go and we would pick the, we'd be like, forget this, don't judge a book by its cover crap. Like you can tell a good teen fiction book by its cover, which is mm -hmm. absolutely true. It's going to be hot pink and lime green in like the air in like 2003. This is the case. And it's going to be awesome. And, you know, we'll trade them. So the book series that I think most resonated with me and probably most reflects like, I think she's like my exact age and my times in my life has to be um, written by Megan McCafferty. And it's called Sloppy First. And it's like a series and it goes on for like, till she's like, I don't know, her late 20s or early 30s, I think. Hmm. So it goes on for a while, but I've read, I had read all of those and they're worth a revisit because like she's a phenomenal writer. And, and I remember like I would check her page like to see what else she wrote. And so I ended up following her into some of her other books, which ended up being dystopian and completely different. Awesome. But we're also like teen fiction and fun. And I love the way she writes. I think she's been great. I mean, I love, I've read all of like the Louisa May Alcott is that? Yeah, I've read all of Louisa May Alcott books. So she did Little Women and then like I've read like Joe's Boys and I've read some of her other ones that don't have anything to do with don't have anything to do with, you know, Little Women. There's there's like there's spinoff books and then there's like other series. I read all those. I mean, I was I was real into reading series as a kid. We were because I went to the private Christian school, we read all the Chronicles of Narnia and we had have to do like major classes on them for like months at a time. So I remember I I still love those books. Those are some of my favorites. Those are great books. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't have like I've definitely read a lot by many authors. Like, but like you don't have any contemporary authors that you follow. 
that's not I mean I'm thinking I would like to I mean no not for not not, not for, for fiction, fiction maybe yeah. I, I definitely I want to I would maybe dabble more into like the crazy rich Asian world because I've only read have the you first only read one. the one yeah I was or I read it and um I really really liked it but then I was like kind of ready to take a break from yeah. the characters so I think I would read it's a good summer read like yeah. it's just like easy and um entertaining and feels like junk food a little bit like it's just like is- that's what I like about teen fiction too mm-hmm. it's like there's like the little romance and there's always these like you know kind of sad emo boys and there's like I don't know there's something just so I mean really because like Twilight is that I mean it's a teen yeah. fiction book you know yeah. but like I understand the appeal and why like all these 50 year old women were into it because it's like yeah. also kind of this like lusty romance, which yes. like, let's be real. We're our lustiest when we're like 16. Yeah. So there's like something to be said about like teen fiction being like a romance novel light. Yeah. And it's a, they're really fun to read. My friend Catherine and I would also in high school read these books by Marion Keys, which were actual like romance novels and they were kind of dirty and raunchy, but they had like, like the covers didn't look like a romance novel. <laughs> they looked very like posh early two thousands. And we would like, bring them to school and I like read them under our desks and um those are really fun too so I don't know I, I just, think like a good sex scene is a, in a book is like better than watching a hundred thousand percent there is no question because you get into somebody's head and yeah. know what they're thinking and it goes on a lot longer and, and you're not sitting next to someone feeling uncomfortable watching it. also like it's not as like sweaty like it's like you don't have to watch like the mechanics of it you just get to like feel in your head like what it would feel like so there's yeah I definitely would like I oh my god I listened to 50 shades of gray oh my god I'm Listen. like red in the face thinking about it I would like <laughs> on my commute and then like I was doing this like very admin heavy project where I was like scanning a lot of documents at work and so I would put my headphones in and bring my and put my phone in my pocket and I and then like the um at this office, like the scanner and printer was underneath the stairwell and it was like an open stairwell off the kitchen. And so people would be like walking down the stairs and like in the kitchen and I'd be like scanning documents. Just feeling like so like um, compelled to keep listening, but like like also like seedy and like slightly turned on and just like what is happening. Um, So I think that that's another one that I like was in, it was like in the atmosphere like everybody oh, yeah. was reading it and so I did I, that too I didn't want to like miss out on it but I didn't have time to read so I was it like was I'll also listen like to it a garbage book I like read <laughs> it I left I remember I, I like, heard that it wasn't really like if you're really into reading it didn't read that well so it I'm does glad, not read well I'm glad it I does not to read it. well I mean I read it and I was like I'm not trying to be hateful because like I so so oh, I mean hey oh my God, look, it's hard she's rolling in the freaking <laughs> cash so like whatever but like there was a lot of blushing going on it was a lot of like my cheeks flushed red I mean it was like every page and then it was kind of the same thing over and over but I like literally I I bought the first one on my kindle read it in the the night I read it over the (laughs) night and I was like okay let's go and the next day I had like a cancellation at work and I was like hey do y'all care if I like leave um work and they were like no that's fine and they were like but you have to be back at five for a client so I was like okay so I had like all day off and so I left for work and I went to uh like Barnes and Noble and I go and I pick it up and I read the whole second one in the course of the day like Mm -hmm. like through from then to my next client I'm like speed reading like got to get to know what happens in this ridiculous series (laughs) so then I go back to work and I'm all amped up on this book I mean my cheeks are flushing red correct (laughs) right yes and so my client comes in this client of mine and he comes in and he, for whatever reason, it's like the opposite of every other guy. He wants, when you're shampooing his hair, he wants you to put the water in his ears. Mm. And so he was like, will you put water in my ears? 
And, you know, if you're familiar with these books, they're like these dominatrix, <laughs> like weird request kind of books. So I'm like already in this like headspace. <laughs> and, he's, and I'm like, oh, like, I, I don't know why it comes out like this, but I'm like, you like that? And then, and then he's like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, like, I like that. And I'm like, Okay. Like, you know, so it's like this whole like little moment that I'm having. And so year, I did his hair for years and years later, I tell him the story of how I'd read that book. And I thought that that was like the strangest moment. It was like the true moment of like some weird kinky thing he was asking me to do, which is like put water in his ears. But it was, it's just, my face is like flushed red right now. I can, <laughs> I can feel it. So jokes on me. She knew exactly what she was talking about writing that every page. Um, oh anyway, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Oh. Well, sex books are definitely a thing. Um, <laughs> that wasn't a genre that we had planned to talk about, but I mean, I think that there's like something to the, like, just that, like the mystery and the wanting, and the, like you said, the angst, like yeah. there's, and it like it ta- it like transports you back to that like t- that heightened time. You can that, feel like, it, yeah. and when you hear it, and I think certain authors are better than others at verbalizing it. And mm-hmm. I would argue that like the woman who, what's the woman who wrote the Twilight series, like she was great at verbalizing that feeling yeah. and the feeling of kind of wanting to be stalked by somebody, and like it's like kind of a like like, Ooh, that like, it, it just there. That's why it was so popular. That's why it was so like had to read Stephanie Meyer. That's who wrote those books. Yeah. And like, it also like the, the mystery and the magic of like the, the vampires and all of that. Like, actually I think that that is one of the movies that I liked as much as the books, to be honest. Like mm. I know some people, whatever, it's a, a dividing situation, books versus movies, but that's one that like, the visual experience of it was as good to me as the the reading of it mm-hmm. with the, the Twilight. Um, you know who you might like is Rainbow Rowell. Have you read any of her books, Mm-mm. Attachments or Fangirl? No. Uh, yeah, that one I think would be like a good – it's like poppy and teen. I think – I actually think it's like young adult. Some of her books are. But they read fast and there's like – there's the interpersonal relationships between the boy and the girl and it's just got that kind of like – poppy vibe to it that I think yeah, you would like. I probably would. I, I really do. I love kind of all teen things. Like mm-hmm. I love um you my, just like caboodles and things. Like I do. <laughs> like uh, honestly the girl who's living out like my life as a like fantasy of what it should look like is my is a, like a client and friend of mine and she goes by at hello julie j-e-w-l-i-e on Instagram and <laughs> she is um like a, t- a tween dream. She's not a tween. She's a uh, 30 flirty and thriving, but she is, um, she's always posting about her teen fiction. She's always posting about like, she's rewatching the OC or Sabrina, the teenage witch. And I'm Mm. like, yes, like, you know, those are all things that I really resonate with. And I love, I love teen movies too. So, um, I, but she keeps, I think, uh, uh, stories on her tabs that is like her favorite teen fiction. And I need to go through there and pick some out. Cause I know she's got a lot of, we have a lot of overlap of what we like and, She's got some good recommendations, but I think, yeah, like I loved like Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants and mm. like that series was f- great at the time, you know. But would you like reading that stuff now? I, I would. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I, like I, I still really can remember how I felt when I was like 17. I, I can I can remember the songs I listened to. I can remember like my, what I was 
feeling for a, a boy at the time. Like, and I remember it so viscerally because mm. you have such strong, like your emotions are so big when you're <laughs> a teen. And I just don't know that you get that back. So, you know, I think it's an interesting thing to like revisit. And whenever I do revisit it, it's the same thing you're talking about in reading one of the books with a little more sexy Steam. time yeah. because you have a level of like, it, when it's laid out for you in a way that's well done, you remember it and it's this it's mm. it's the most intense kind of nostalgia I think a person can feel. Mm-hmm. Same for like I love to read Anne of Green Gables. It's about a little girl, but I can understand her feelings and those emotions and as she goes through them and like, you know, I, it's relatable. Mm-hmm. And when you relate to something, that's when you that's when you like hold it close to your heart because mm-hmm. they say things that you people and when they write fiction, they say things they put into words your feelings and things that you mm-hmm. cannot imagine another person understanding. Yeah, I think that's definitely part of it. There's also a huge part of fiction that is like opening up to a whole world that you never knew existed right. or that you like have never thought that or never seen that or never felt that before. So that's interesting. Like the things that you're talking about now are really like you are seeing yourself in the book and like experiencing like an interaction between like you and and the characters. And then there's other books that kind of like take you to a whole nother place or like, like a historical fiction, like a world war two book. Like, yeah, it's, you know, I think think it's like seeing yourself now because there's, there has to be that level of connection for you to be invested because um, we've all read books that we don't get invested in. I mean, I'm sure you were like, there's a lot of forced fiction as I call it, like Mm -hmm. through the years, like being from Mississippi for whatever reason, everything you read was like where the red fern grows, the yearling, like sign of the beaver. And they all, they were all kind of masculine a little bit and they all had to do with boys and like animals, like dogs and killing dogs and whatnot. And so, um, and so, I think that like when you, when you feel connected to it and then you read something like the never ending story, but you like see yourself in this character and you feel what they're going through, but then there's this like whole fantastical world. It makes you feel like you come off of that feeling like you've been on that epic adventure. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, I always think that like, there's something about like that will, that would make me feel like, Oh, that's possible. Mm -hmm. Like that these realms exist or that they could exist. Like totally when I read that kind of stuff, I'm always like, well, could happen even like Handmaid's Tale I mean I've never read the book but I watch the show oh, I'm obsessed with the show everybody is I know but it's like I'm like oh it's, I could see like I can see that happening and I but it's not okay so like I don't worry about everyone it. says that though I know everyone says but that's that. the sign of like a good story I think is that well I think and they're also the writing possibility. from where things are and when you're doing well a, that book isn't poli- written from well no but they're writing <laughs> from like I mean, she's got a sequel coming out, I think now, but so the um, book was published in the 80s. In the 80s, yeah. yeah. And so, but the thing is, like, now with where they're going on with the show, like, it's past where the books were, you mm-hmm. know, or the book was, obviously. So I think they're, they're, it's a commentary on today and they're trying to hit, sure. hit you with these things that are like scaring you because they feel scary. Scary. <laughs> <laughs> well, since we've started talking a little bit about books and TV shows, where do you fall on the books versus movie debate? It depends on the book and the movie. Okay, I think- but if, let me preface oh. it more, like if you, if a movie comes out and you haven't read the book, will you watch the movie? Not usually. Usually so you I like have to, to read, read the, the book, book first. If, I, if it's a book I'm wanting to read. And then if a movie comes out and you watch it, will that stop you from reading the book? Here's the thing, and this is going to be like, people are going to be like, what on earth? I, I'm a spoiler queen. 
Oh, you guys, this is a really interesting part of Jordan's life. And I, if I'm in the movie and I feel like the least bit of like suspense, I am immediately leaving that movie. I'm going to Wikipedia the ending and then I'm going to come back. Most of the time I've already Wikipedia the ending, if I'm being honest. Like, and I'm so grateful that that exists because I, my threshold for like, Surprise? Not just surprise, like just anxiety with like the, like I need to know it's going to be okay. That's why I can't do Handmaid's Tale because it's like, I, I've already read the book. I know I've watched the first four episodes and I was like pregnant as could be. And That's I was like, not a good time to no. watch it. <laughs> but like now that I have a child, I'm like, is it, a, is there a good time to watch it? No. So I just can't, um, I can't do it because I will literally go to bed and I, I get so deeply immersed in these characters because like your brain is in like the meditative state when you're doing this. Like you actually are like same with like walking dead. Like you are living this out. You are feeling these feelings. So books, <laughs> I have it's so thing. funny that you say that because then you're also like, but I can like do laundry and spin, spin a plate on my head while <laughs> my, while I'm in a beta state or whatever. <laughs> like, it's just funny to hear you say that. Cause you're yeah, s- no, I mean, it's, it's so uncomfortable for me. Like some of the things. So I, when I, when I read a book, I typically will go ahead and have, if I haven't Wikipedia the book to see the actual like plot breakdown, I will at least have read the last page. I've read the last page since I was a little girl. I can't handle it. So the I found this out about Jordan. We I was like in her chair years ago and we were talking about a TV show because I would Scandal. say the majority or, or of like, Anatomy maybe. Yeah, it was it was a Shonda Rhimes for sure. <laughs> it it might have been Grace. And you like we always talked about TV, but it had never come up that this quirk about Jordan. And so I was like talking to her about it and I was like, well, I'm not going to tell you because I don't want to ruin it for you. And she was like, no, you have to tell me. But I'm like, you won't ruin it for me. And I you were will like, still I, watch it. And you, said, you also said like, if you don't tell me when you're processing, I'm going to go in the back room, get my <laughs> phone and read the Wikipedia. So you might as well just tell me. And I was like, oh, she's got me cornered. Like I have to tell. So it was so funny because like, I, I'm kind of the opposite in the sense of like, I definitely don't want the surprise ruined. And the weird part about me is that I will forget immediately. So I'll watch a movie and I'll forget the ending. I can rewatch a movie. I can reread a book and it doesn't like, well, I'm kind of like that too. That's kind of why I'm able to get away with some of this because it's Mm -hmm. like, I'll have the comfort of knowing Mm -hmm. and being like, well, I liked this before. So I can watch it again and then being surprised like, oh yeah, this is how this worked out. Yeah. So I have a little bit of that too. Like Nathan cannot rewatch a movie. We've never like rewatched a movie together. Whereas I, I growing up, I would watch the same movie 10 times. So I have, but I, I will mm. read the last page of a book. So I like a spoiler for a book. Um. So, but I definitely think things, I've definitely had that feeling for me, Twilight. I had read them all about a year before the movie came out or Uh I read which ones were out. So the first three, I think. And I, my friend Marky and I got her onto it and we were wild. Like we were so obsessed. Like I'm more than embarrassed to say we drove to San Francisco. Oh my God. I'm like really sharing some embarrassing things on this one. I'm getting read again. Um, We drove to San Francisco to do a meet and greet with Rob Pattinson. And it was his first meet and greet. And it, we stayed up, we slept in the parking lot. We were the 10th people there. So many people showed up, y'all. So many people showed up at this mall in San Francisco. I'm not lying. Like I had the number 10 on my hand, number 10. That's because we you get there early when you go to an event. There was no like formal line. Mm-hmm. So many people showed up. There was a mob to the mall. People had their noses broken, their arms oh broken. God. It was written into like Perez Hilton at the time, which was like a huge thing. Yeah. Like, it, the event got canceled. Oh. We had to leave. We ended up getting to see him. Like we ended up staying up all night one night to go to, um, this is so teen girl, like 
and I wasn't a teen. I was like 20 something. Um, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, we were like, we got to go see him on, I think like Jay Leno maybe. Yeah. So we got to go to that and we were just like, I don't know what our thought was. You saw him on, you went to Jay Leno and watched him. Yeah. Like we got, yeah. You like stand outside and you get to go, like you get a free ticket and you get to go. So we did that. Um, and it was like not as worthwhile as one would think. Like, believe it or not, I did not like meet Rob Pattinson and fall in love as like was predicted. Or that he um, fell in love with you. That's what I mean. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> But I also had this like big idea of like I knew I, there was a preview for the movie when the when the books I was reading were out. So I, I had this idea the of what visual. I thought the movie would be and what the yeah. visual was. Yeah. And then when I, when it came to fruition, it wasn't exactly the way I'd hoped. A similar thing to this is when I was a kid – before The Lion King came out, it was my all-time favorite movie. Before mm-hmm. it came out, I went. I was a. I had that Disney Adventure magazine. Okay, okay. Love Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Who didn't? And I went to a bookstore with my mom. And I don't know why Disney would do this, but they did. And I, at the time, they didn't own Star Wars, but they did this for Star Wars Two, which is another fiction that I love. Um, but they came out with what the story was going to be of of. So I had this book, that, like an illustrated book, an illustrated book that told me the Lion King. So like spoiler alert right here, Mufasa dies. So I read this comic book before the movie ever came out and I had an idea of what the Lion King was and how it was going to be. This is like how you developed this desire to know the end of a movie before you even got, went. Potentially, except, that was your except for it really ruined it for me because I <laughs> Lion King did not live up to, oh, and your... I'm one of the soul, I now love the Lion King, but I have to be the only person on earth who felt that way because people love the Lion King. And I was like so disappointed because it wasn't like this comic that I'd oh. gotten. But I'm also like, why don't I put this comic out like months before the movie came out but you know so sometimes I understand that like deep disappointment when things don't live up to the book but now I think there's people doing such a great job like Big Little Lies is a great example of somebody who took fiction and like elevated it yeah but I mean so did you read the book no but I've I've, I've heard make I've heard so how can you say that it elevated it like my sister-in-law I think she was the one who had read the book and then said that the show was better (sighs) well first of all it's not a movie so I think that generally the rule I believe is that it's a lot to try and take one book and make it into one movie because it's like you could probably take one chapter of a book and make it into right. a movie. There's not enough time. Yeah. Whereas like with a mini series, which is what Big Little Lies was, they'd had enough time to develop the characters. And there's like so many characters in all That's of that true. author's books. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I think in some ways the movie or the the series was better than the book, but then in other ways they did they didn't get to everything. Yeah. And so it kind of depends on who you resonated with and like which parts of the book you liked the most mm, okay. because they played into some of the and and I mean the visuals of that show are so cool. Like especially like the costuming and the the ocean the and soundtrack, the, yeah. the intro. And and so that author is based in Australia. And so mm, the oh. book the book is actually like in Byron Bay, I think. So it's okay. it's Australian. And she has a ton of books. I've actually read a bunch of her books. Um, I would recommend her if you were like looking for somebody to follow. There's actually one called The Hypnotist Love Story. Mm. And so that one's pretty woo because she's like, she's a hypnotist and she has like people come visit and then there's like this drama. And those books always have like mini characters and like lots of twists and turns. But generally, I think I think that there is – I think reading the book is always, like, my top choice and then watching the movie. Yeah. One of my hugest pet peeves – I cannot stand it. Once a movie comes out and then they redo the book cover to match the movie. Oh, I hate that too. It drives me crazy. Especially when they're, like, putting photos of people yes. on it. Like, 
please. Because no. then like you can't. And then you're reading it and you have to imagine like Reese Witherspoon's face in the yeah. thing, you know? Yeah, yeah I totally agree. Crazy. It drives me crazy too. I don't like, I do oh, not care for I'm that. I'm glad we're on the same yeah, page. Yeah, I'm on the same that. page with that. So some of the things that I've read and then watched that I really liked was The Girl on the Train and mm-hmm. Gone Girl. I read yeah. and watched both of those books and movies like at the same time to where sometimes I get the storylines confused. Mm. I loved how I I saw Gone Girl, I think three times in theater. I loved the way it translated. I liked it better than the book. Uh-uh. I did. Really? I did. I loved the book, but I loved the way they translated that to film. I thought it was fabulous. It was a yeah. really well yeah. done movie. What about, have you read any of her other books, like Dark Places or Sharp Objects? Uh, I read Sharp Objects and then just watched Did you Sharp watch o- And the, I loved that. I thought I that translated very well. So like her books scare me a little bit. Like I'm like a little too much of a wuss, but I don't know. I I handled it. I've read Dark Places I, and then there's a Charlize Theron movie version of that, which is- Oh, really? Yeah. I don't think I knew. I haven't read that one or watched the movie. I'd read, oh, I'd read it. Or if you just feel like a- I don't know, Charlie Theron movie. It's good. It's good-ish. Um, Gone Girl was fun. Yeah, I, I Gone miss, Girl was really that's a, that's one of those, in that one was fantastic. Yeah, that's one of those books that you're like, oh, yeah, I love uh, Rosamund Pike. Yeah. She's phenomenal. She's really good. Um, well, did you see Crazy Rich Asians? How did you feel about that versus the- I liked it. I mean, yeah. it, it's a fun, light, campy book, and it was a fun, light, campy movie. Yeah. You know, it was about what I expected. Yeah. Uh, I thought they did a good job. I think- I think I probably preferred the book, but I mean, I didn't dislike the movie. I'm sure there will be a sequel. Yeah, I think. Yeah, <laughs> well, I think they already like teed it up. I yeah, think it is yeah. happening. Um, another book that I read that I would recommend for this time of year is "This Is Where I Leave You" by Jonathan Trooper. Have you read that? Mm-mm. Okay, so it's like a, the beginning of the book is a dad dies, and then it's like all the family dynamics after his death, which I always find family dynamics to be so fun and fascinating. Oh, yes. But I, and I know I watched them after I read the book, I like immediately looked to see if there was a movie and there was. And just for the episode today, I was like looking up who was in it. Jason Bateman, Adam Driver, Tina Fey, Jane Fonda, Rose Byrne, Connie Britton, and Timothy Oliphant. Like, you can't put more actors that I adore into something. I know, but see, now it's scaring me because see that we've got this idea of what this is now. <laughs> but see, I didn't remember at the time. Like I just loved the book and yeah. then I watched the movie and it had been like a few years. And so I was like, who was in the movie? I can't even, I knew, I remember Jason Bateman because I'll watch anything that he's in. I just think he's like the best. Oh, so you've already seen the movie. It's yeah, already out. It's oh, good. okay, okay. Yeah, you can watch it on Netflix. It's great. Um, I mean, it's not like amazing. Speaking of family dynamics, I know we both love Celeste Ng's book. I know you've read Little Fires Everywhere. Have yeah. you read her other one, Everything I Never Told You? Yes. I love both of those. And those are great family dynamic books. Those are told, aren't they told from different viewpoints? I'm trying to remember. I think yeah, at yeah, least yeah. one of them is. Um, um, this, the one that I've never told you, like it's from the dad's point of view. And then, yeah, I think so. Yeah, that one is. That one I know is. Um, and Little Fires Everywhere, I think each chapter starts with some with somebody else's name or something. I think that's it's right. It's been a while I, since I know, I it. It's been a while. I know, me too. But they're making a that. Um, a mini series. Because Reese Witherspoon's gotten her little hands on all the good books. Yeah, what else was she? I looked up, she was well, she's, something she else. does that book club and then she has bought, the, she bought the rights to Wild originally. So that movie mm-hmm. is great. Uh, also great reflection of that book. I feel, I feel like that was a great reiteration of that book. Her yeah. and Wild was phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, they almost like feel like separate entities. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, whereas like, the book and the movie 
are enough of their, on their own. Cheryl Strait is such an enigma to me because everything she does feels so separate in what it is, even though it's all so connected. She's mm-hmm. such an interesting person. So like I used to love Dear Sugar, which is her podcast as well as the book. Well, the, the book. book is well, unreal. Before it was a book, it was... A, an actual article, a column. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's been many things. Yeah. But like, like it's... She's such an... She's just an enigma. That's the only way I can describe it because I don't even understand it, but it's like, she's so many different things. So to have like Reese Witherspoon play her in this one role, mm-hmm. that feels very like singular mm-hmm. versus like who I think she of as Cheryl Strait. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's what, is that what you're saying? Kind of like, yeah, I was just saying they can kind of like stand on their own and I feel like you could experience either on their own and it wouldn't be like, it won't ruin the book to re- to watch the movie. I think that's the thing with some, but that's not fiction. Also, we're kind of straying from our fiction topic. If I want to be strict about it, but okay, okay. I am really excited about Little Fires Everywhere. It's yeah. going to be a Hulu miniseries, and oh, Carrie okay. Washington's going to be in it, and Joshua Jackson. Wow! I did some research for you. Look at you! I know those are some good names. So um, let's see. Well, how do you find a good fiction book to read? I use I've used Amazon since the dawn of time, and when it was just originally a book site, and I think that they still have the best. I I like Goodreads, but I think that Amazon has the best aggregator because Goodreads is owned by Amazon. Is it is now, but it didn't used to be. Right. Um. But I think I like the way that Amazon leads you from at the bottom. So they'll have like suggest people mm. who've bought this also bought, and then you can click it, and then typically I'm a big review reader, so you can find within the reviews like uh why they liked this in a accordance to this, you know, so it really does. It's kind of always helps me to like find the new path. And then I'll search authors. I like things like that. Like I'll get a whim or to be like, Oh, I want to check and see if they've written anything new. You know, they got mm-hmm. a new book. I'm going to buy it. So things like that. Or, I mean, sometimes I'll use the bestseller list. I'll use the, Whoa. Whoa. That seems so like old fashioned. You never use the bestsellers list? No. But you read them. Like you're reading where the crawda or read yeah. where the crawda. You read the books everybody else reads. So yeah. Like to some capacity. Yeah. But that's like looking up the top 40 to find the songs you like versus like just like be turning on the radio and being like, oh, it's top 40. But Do with, you know what I mean? Yeah. But the, like the barrier for entry for reading is like so much higher. So yeah. I think a little bit about like. You know, it's just very highbrow of you to like look up the bestseller list. <laughs> I do, I do look up the bestseller list. Let me get on my New York Times. Yeah, um, that's amazing. So you're, so you're. It doesn't sound like you're a huge fan of Goodreads. That would I, li- I actually really like do you Goodreads. Keep track I don't, of all your books on um, there. I you, uh, God, I don't have near nearly what I've read on there. No, not really. I haven't been. I've probably not logged into my Goodreads in five years. Oh, um, but I used to be like super into my Goodreads. It, it's like more of like a social. And so I feel like a little struggle to like keep up with it. Yeah, that's interesting. That's not really how I view it. I really like it for um, one, there's like four people who I follow that I'm friends with on the internet that are really great readers. And so when they've put something on their to read or that they just read list, like I'll pay attention to that. Um, so I really do like following like a handful of girlfriends. And then I really like being able to like keep my book. Um, like if I read, I'm mostly my rule with fiction is that I read it on my Kindle because I am not a member of the library. Is that how to say it? Mm -hmm. I'm not a, I haven't never gotten a library card. I'm embarrassed to say, but I feel like that would be a good reason to have it for fiction because I don't usually reread fiction 
or reference it. So I read it on my Kindle usually. And I like, I do highlights sometimes. Mm -hmm. I like being able to look at my highlights and I like being able to like write a little, I write like a little review usually when I finish a book so that I can look back later and be like, oh, I liked that or I didn't like it or why I gave it five. I like rating them. Yeah. Um, I really don't like buying books from Amazon anymore. Have we talked about that? Mm-mm. Yeah. Cause they always show up busted and they're like packed really? with my like, yeah, because they, now they'll just pack it with like whatever. So it's mm. like my like peanut butter shows up with a book and then the book like gets bent and stuff. I had it happen like three or four times and oh. I was like over it. I haven't really had so that. So I try to buy, even though it's more, I try to buy like from an independent bookstore. I do now. I do typically buy from Book People, which is our local yeah. independent bookstore. Um, and I like Book People a lot. Um, Have you been to Book Woman here in Austin? One time, but it's been years. Yeah. Okay. It keeps popping that's up a woo for me shop. and I feel like, I know. For sure. <laughs> it's like <laughs> we might have to do a That's Pretty Woo um, field trip. Okay. To, okay. To I'm down for that. All right. Well, I think we just have a few more questions and then we're going to wrap up, but I wanted to know how you feel about quitting a book mi- midway through. Hmm. I do that more with like, I mean, I'll definitely bounce in and out of my, um, I'll say this. If a fiction book doesn't grab me, it's not getting finished, but it's probably not getting that started either. Like I, it takes, if it might, if I've given something three chapters and it's not working for me, it's not working and we're, we're done. So you don't feel um, bad about putting No, a book but down. I wouldn't say it's often that that happens. I mean, honestly, if I made it through the 50 shades of gray and multiple books, then I think, you know, it doesn't happen that often, but every once in a while, it just, it may be too wordy. It just doesn't work for me. You know, whatever. Sometimes it's like where you are in life too. Yeah, You're just not absolutely. resonating. So I'm okay with that. I think with nonfiction, I often do that. I mean, I'll pick something up, read eight chapters, put it down, finish the last three a month later. Like I'm kind of fine doing that with those. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's cause they're like, you can, I mean, there's not, it's not a story I'm following, but when I'm like into a, the other reason I don't like fiction and why it takes up so much time for me is because I cannot put it down. Yeah. I cannot put it down. It's like, once I've started it, I've, the wheel is going and I want to, I will do anything I can do to get back to that book. Mm-hmm. And when you have a child, it's just not the possibility. Yeah. That has definitely turned me off from reading fiction because I'll get like so sucked into the book and then I'll get a hangover afterwards. I finish yeah. a book and then I get like paralyzed and I don't know what to read next. Yeah. And I don't know where the characters went and like, I'm <laughs> yeah. like, what happened? And so that's why I'll often like read the the next book like right away. But there is like, I read Little Fires Everywhere during a weekend, but we were traveling. And so we were, we had like extra help with the kids. And so, yeah, there's definitely, but the thing that I've been trying to retrain myself is like a fiction book is more valuable to me than like the trash I watched at the end of the day, like on streaming. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to, and, but I can't get, I can like I can watch like an hour of Real Housewives, but I can only read like 15 minutes of a book and then I'm out. But I probably should be sleeping over watching Housewives. So there's like this trade-off of like, but yeah, I'm the same way. Like it definitely feels like more of a commitment to read fiction because I feel like I could get sucked into it and it's going to contain like four hours of my day. But like we are adults, we can make those choices. It's true. Like I can remember being in high school and I was every single day of my high school career, I got in trouble for reading under the desk but every n- single day. There's nothing better than being Ugh. like wrapped into a book. I was, loved it. That's all yeah. I would do. And I read so much more at the time because I didn't feel like whatever I had to do was worthy of my attention. So it was like much easier to just like sneak a book under my desk and <laughs> read, you yeah, know? Yeah, but I feel like with the, like you said during the finance episode that you had read 50 finance books in the X number of years, like I feel like you 
could like dive real deep into fiction if you wanted to. Like you make time for books. I, I do make do. time for books, but most of it's in the car. Yeah. It is in the car. So, yeah. it, I mean, I would say the majority of my time spent reading is when I'm driving. Um, and so am You'd I have reading, to be listening you know, and I don't, yeah. I, so that's why I'm back listening to the Harry Potter just to dabble in, but I would love, I've never read those. I either. know. And I, that is like, <laughs> Well, because I miss, it's the same thing as camping, which I referenced in the last episode. There's a barrier to entry because like I never got into it when I was young. And so now I'm like, there's no barrier for Harry Potter. Oh my God. It just seems like you want to talk about a commitment. It's you would get so sucked in, Kayleen. I know, but it would I like take a, it will take like a year Not of my even. life. It, it took me. I I read each of the books within the first forty eight hours that they came out. Every single one, except <laughs> for the first one, because it had been out. Do for you life. have time for that now? Like, can you imagine that? Like, I won't get anything else done. I would just be on a binge. It's worth it. <laughs> it's so good. Well, What's I think I and it's very woo. I mean, whoa. I, like, I think I'm just gonna wait and read them to the kids. Well, that's my dilemma right now as I'm listening. And then I'm like, well, but then if I want to have another kid, I want them to be old enough to comprehend it too. And I- So what is the age for? Um, I read them when I was literally the age of Harry Potter. So I was 13, I think. And so, and um, really that's when they resonated most with me. And then I kind of grew up with them because they grew, the, he's a year older and most Are of the Are they books. like embarrassing to read with a parent? Is there like weird sex stuff in them? No, nothing. Okay. No, so the, But is no. there like, is it scary? Sometimes. Sometimes. I mean, okay. it, it's all, it's, the thing is they're broader concepts and it's like made up stuff. I mean, so this I woman probably, made up a whole language. This whole book is like, it I has think you its can own, make an argument that she channeled it. She definitely channeled that book. <laughs> no, there's no question. She's like one of the greatest authors of our time. I like truly, and that's not an exaggeration. Like those books will live on till the end of time. They're amazing. They are great, great books. I mean. Well, I don't hate on them at all. I just, well, no, I have like you? a, no, everybody loves them. I just have this, like, I didn't do it. And so now I feel like I'm behind and like, how am I? Like, it just feels like an elephant that I'm not ready to eat yet. I get that. I get that. I could see wanting to wait. Um, but, but I mean, if you're saying like 13, I've got to wait 10 th- years. Here's the thing about reading them with your kids you should read them and let them read them. Oh my goodness. Because it's going to be the first fiction for maybe for your, I know for a lot of boys, it was the first fiction that they read Mm -hmm. because it sucked them in. Mm -hmm. And like, it's so enchanting for that to happen. I think for your kids, like, Mm -hmm. you know, I can't wait to watch Wilder, like be enveloped in a book. Like that's such a magical thing, but I don't think you should read it to him. I think you should like, Mm -hmm. I think you should read it separately from them and have your own experience with it. I really do. I do. Okay. That's what I think. So you could go ahead and read them. They're great. I'm not going to right now. <laughs> <laughs> what are, okay, so just last question. What are you reading right now? Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's another book that I picked up that's fiction that a lot okay. of people recommended, and it's new, and it's called Normal People. I don't know what it's about. I'm assuming mm-hmm. Normal People. It's by mm-hmm. Sally Rooney, and um, I have it, but I have not opened it yet, but I will. And I, I think I'll like that because a lot of people have liked it, so... We'll That's see. always fun to do, to be with the people. And it's a physical book, believe it or not. Ooh, a physical book. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm so proud of you. I'm reading, like I said before, City of Girls, and I'm loving it. Though it, I'm taking my time with it. I'm really trying not to, like, rush through it um, because, like, I just love Liz Gilbert so much. And I'm going to see her speak next month. So excited At Attune. So I'm really excited about that. So I think that's where we're going to wrap up for today. Thanks so much for listening to us talk all about books. We would love to know what book you're reading right now and what your favorite fiction books are. If you have any strong opinions on me reading Harry Potter and when, let us know. 
And yeah. Now is the time. Um, <laughs> next week, we're talking about sleep, a topic we've been wanting to discuss since the launch of the podcast. So we'll see y'all then. Bye. Thank you, friends, for listening. Please connect with us at thatsprettywoo.com and on Instagram at thatsprettywoo. Make sure you subscribe to catch next week's episode and share our pod with anyone you know who's into stuff. That's, that's pretty, pretty woo. woo.